Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, film geeks, Disney Plus just dropped a new Peter Pan adaptation, Peter Pan and Wendy. I watched it, and I have a lot I'd like to say. Let's talk about it. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of All Right, Let's Talk About It. My name is Savannah. I am your host. I do film reviews and film industry commentary. And today we are talking about Peter Pan and Wendy. Now, this movie has been the subject of a lot of conversation over the last, what, two months? I think it was early March when the trailer dropped online and then the movie released on Disney Plus this past Friday, April the 28th. So, yes, a lot of different conversations. I mean, number one, this is another live action remake nobody asked for, although this is a little bit different than the previous live action remakes, because number one, this isn't going to theaters. It went straight to streaming. And number two, this isn't the Disney Renaissance. Now, for those of you who do not know, the Disney Renaissance is a period of Disney animation from 1989 to 1999. Now, prior to 1989, Uh, Disney animation was not doing so well. They were in a bit of a slump. They were putting out material, but nothing was, nothing seemed to catch at the box office and creatively story wise reception from critics. It just wasn't good. It's like Disney couldn't figure itself out. They'd lost themselves a bit. Sound familiar. That's kind of where Disney is right now. And then something sparked, something clicked. It's like all the right pieces came together. All the right people were in the room. In 1989, we get The Little Mermaid, and it was a smash success. And from there, we get what? Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas, The Lion King, Mulan. And the period ends with Tarzan, 1999. That period is called the Disney Renaissance, the resurgence of Disney animation, which was my childhood, every millennial's childhood. We grew up with this. Seeing these movies on the screen for the first time, for many of us, is a core memory. I vividly remember seeing Beauty and the Beast on screen. I kind of remember a movie poster for The Little Mermaid. I will never forget seeing the teaser trailer for The Lion King on screen, which was the opening scene, Circle of Life, that sunrise on screen was magic. It was incredible. I'll never forget it. I I will never 
never forget it. These core, beautiful, amazing memories that were part of my childhood. And Disney right now is almost trying to like just pick apart those pieces and see if they can recreate them. They can take them apart and reassemble them. But the problem is when they're reassembling, they're forgetting a lot of pieces. And the big pieces they're missing are the magic pieces, the things that made those movies magical and special. You can't really do that with live animation not live animation, but live action. These are animated films, right? There was something you can do. There's something you can do in an animated film that you can't do live action. Not with all the CGI in the world. There's something extra that you can do that's nonsensical. You can do outrageous things. You can make things look however you want because it's animated and no one's going to question the verisimilitude of it all because it's animated, right? You can't really do that with live action. Things have to look real. That's the whole point. I mean, look at some of the characters for The Little Mermaid. Have y'all seen Flounder? Have you seen Sebastian? I'm concerned. I want to call an intervention for um, Flounder. I I feel like he has been struggling with some kind of substance abuse. That's what the fish looks like. It It looks like he's just been stressed his entire life. Bless his heart. And now we have Peter Pan. Now, Peter Pan, the original 1980, the 1953 film, obviously not my childhood, however, the VHS film. So when Peter Pan was released to home video was 1990. So in the middle of this Disney animation resurgence, Disney really took advantage of that because a lot of the movies that came out in the 50s and 60s, and I believe also in the 40s, were released to VHS in the early 90s. Uh, I think it was 1991, if I remember correctly. I'm just going from memory because I remember being in a McDonald's with my dad. My dad passed away when I was four and a half years old. And the last time I saw him was the summer I turned four, me and him in a McDonald's. And they had the 101 Dalmatian toys. So there was a VHS release somewhere around that time, somewhere around that summer. So... What is Disney doing exactly? I feel like Disney is just in a creative slump and it's kind of worse than what it was before the Disney Renaissance because even prior to that period, those early 80s, late 70s, Disney was pushing out new material, new content, new stories. Disney's not even doing that really. They're just trying to recreate what's already been done and hoping that it clicks again, hoping it works. And it's not. It's just not. Not to say that all of these movies are bad, but they lack what the originals had. That magic that just lasts a lifetime. That magic that, that that captures you as a child and then teaches you something as an adult. Does that make sense? That's something that these movies, these animated films have, that these new films don't have. You might enjoy it as a kid, but it's not something that you're going to really want to watch when you get older. They're just kind of go, going to go at the bottom of the bin with the rest of the DVDs. You know, they're going to sit on your watch list for however many years, but you're never going to watch it. That's kind of where this Peter Pan is for me. I think young kids might enjoy this, but honestly, it's not something they're going to want to watch over and over and over again. It's not something they're going to want to watch, want to watch in 10 years, 20 years. You know, when they're sitting in their 30s, bored, they don't know what to do that day. Hey, you know what? I feel like being nostalgic. Let me put on that Peter Pan and Wendy movie. No, this is not going to be one of those. I don't, I don't foresee that at all. That this movie tries to, 
it's 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 interesting because this movie is clearly a remake of the original yet intentionally leaves out a lot of what the original had because some of what the original had is considered by some quote unquote offensive now the portrayal of the indians native americans in the original peter pan Okay, we can argue, yeah, that's offensive because they have red skin, the way they speak, they sound ignorant. Yeah, I understand that. However, there have been other adaptations that have come after that that have rectified that, that have made that better and more respectful. This new Peter Pan just does away with it entirely and just gives us Tiger Lily. We don't have a village of natives who also live in Neverland. Never, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's just slow down for a hot second. So get some of these basics out the way. So what is this movie? Who directed it? Who was responsible? And who starred in it? So we have Peter Pan and Wendy. It's directed by David Lowry. David Lowry also did Peach Dragon in 2016. Stars Jude Law, who plays Captain Hook. Alexander Maloney is our Peter Pan. Ever Anderson, who is the daughter of Mila Jovovich. Did I pronounce her name correctly Mila Jovovich something or other I don't know is that right correct me if I'm wrong but her that's her daughter spit an image by the way beautiful young lady um Yara Shahidi who plays Tinkerbell that's our cast for the most part and um that was also you know big conversation that a lot of people were having in addition to this being a live act live action remake that no one asked for the race swapping so peter pan since 1902 which is when the story came to life um has been white he's been a white male or if you see some adaptations or even some stage plays he's a white male but he's being played by a young girl so it's not that peter's a girl it's just a girl's playing that character for reasons that make sense, because Peter Pan is supposed to be somewhat prepubescent. He doesn't want to grow up. So it makes sense that you would have a Peter Pan that fits somewhere before puberty, right? Um, or somewhere around that transitional period, because Peter's whole stick is that he refuses to transition to adulthood. And for human beings, that transition starts puberty. But now our current Peter Pan, Alexander Maloney, he's British, but he is of South Asian descent, um, Indian, I believe, and along with some other things in his ancestry, but mainly Indian. Um, Yara Shahidi, who plays Tinkerbell, Tinkerbell for however long has been white and blonde. Uh, she's not white and blonde here. I mean, and a lot of people are like, what about Julia Roberts? We're not talking about Hook. We will not talk about Hook. There will be no Hook slander here. That one doesn't count. That movie does not count. We're going to put that by the wayside. Uh, Yara Shahidi is black. She's black and Iranian, American. And she's now our Tinkerbell. That, you know, ruffled some feathers. You can scream racism. That could be a thing that people just don't want to see black people on the screen. But I think when you come after something so nostalgic and so attached to someone's childhood and you start to change those things around, it becomes a little personal, especially when these title characters aren't just, you know, characters in a story. But these are their memories. There's something lively about them. There's something about Tinkerbell that's not just, oh, she's a cute, you know, picture, you know, looks good on T-shirt. But there's something about who she is, her character, the way she looks, the way she dresses, her attitude. That just, it matters. It's a memory. I don't know how else to really describe it, but it, it holds significant weight. That's part of the reason why a lot of people are upset about 
Halle Bailey playing Ariel. Now, you again, you can scream racism, and some of that is definitely true, but it's the nostalgic part of it. We've had many Cinderella's. We've only had one Ariel. She was a white redhead with flaming red hair, flowing red hair, these flowing red locks that were just gorgeous, and now you've changed her completely. The weight of that, you, you've attacked a memory. I think that's what people are missing here is you've attacked a memory. And even with Peter Pan, again, this is the 1953 animated film, a film that came out before much of us were, much of us were born. However, it was released to home video in 1990. So we experienced this as children. This is part of our childhood in a sense. You've changed it. You've switched things around. It's, it looks different. And also you have these lost boys, which are not lost boys in this movie. They're lost kids because now you have a lot of girls who are lost boys a lot of girls now I did tap and ballet when I was in kindergarten and one of our my tap recital if I remember correctly was Peter Pan I was a lost boy but I wasn't a boy I was I was I wasn't I wasn't a girl playing a girl I was a girl playing a boy I understood that at five these are girls playing girls and it's just I don't know. I think my first question is why? For what reason? And I think a lot of it is the diversity, equity, and inclusion that's kind of infiltrated its way way into Hollywood casting. And that you have to have so many faces that look like X, Y, and Z, so many bodies that look like this or that on the screen in order to show it to the masses. But the thing is, when you do stuff like that, when you say, okay, we're going to have a black person over here, a couple females over here, we're going to put someone with Down syndrome, which they have a kid in this movie who has Down syndrome. He's adorable, by the way. Um, you, you've reduced these people to the things of them that matter the least. The, the things that matter the least about someone is the color of their skin, their gender, and even whatever disability they may or may not have. You've reduced them down to that. That's the only reason why they're here. Because if you really went by, let's make sure we tell a quality story, it's quite possible the cast might look a little bit different. Now, am I saying that, oh, if they had had all white cast, it would have been better? I don't think so. But I think if they had cast this honestly and truthfully and said, you know what, we want to create a quality film that's worth something, I think the cast would have looked a little bit different. I also think the story would have looked a little bit different. How do I even get started here? How am I trying to say what I want to say? Here's the thing. I will never, ever tell you to not watch a movie. You do whatever you want. Watch whatever you want. You might enjoy it. I might not. It doesn't matter. I'm just here to tell you my opinion. That's it. I'm just here to tell you my thoughts. That's it. That's that's it. I'm not here to tell you what to watch and what not to watch. Now, I know there are people who will base their decisions on whether to watch a movie based on what I say. And I, I carry that weight very, very severely. Um, so I try to be very delicate because I don't want to give people the impression that, well, I don't want you to watch this. No, I'm just telling you what I think. And if you trust my opinion and make decisions based on that, because going to the movies costs money, respect, mad respect. Um, and I'm flattered. That means a lot. That means the whole world, honestly. But I never want to give you the impression that I don't want you to see a movie because I feel some type of way. Make your own decisions. I'm just giving you my opinion. That being said, if anyone tells you that this movie was good, they're lying to you. They're absolutely 100% lying to you. I don't care. I understand everyone has differences of opinion. Everyone's coming from a different perspective. There's absolutely no way you can watch this and think, that was just so wonderful. It was so good, so magical. This was drier than an ashy kneecap. Come on now. 
hold on. Just stay with me. Just stay with me. When I was thinking about how I wanted to do this, I was thinking maybe splitting it in half. You know, one half critiquing the movie as it is, just the whole filmmaking process, all those parts, doing that the first half and then second half, just critiquing how this compares to the rest of the Peter Pan universe. But I don't know if I can do that. There's no way to separate the two. Here's the thing. I understand this is a movie on its own. It's its own entity. This is a director who's trying to kind of retell and reshape the story of Peter Pan. But there's no not comparing it. Again, this is a character. This is a story we have known since 1902. That's what, 121 years we're not unfamiliar. This isn't, this isn't like something that came out, you know, in the nineties or a story that was just written maybe a decade and a half ago. No, this is a story that we have known for a very long time. We've seen multiple adaptations of this movie. We've seen it in multiple mediums. We've seen it on stage. We've seen musicals. We've seen cartoons. We've seen TV series. We've seen movies. We've seen it all. We've seen books rewrite this story in different ways, in different genres. But something that all these movies and adaptations have in common is they kind of keep to the core essential of Peter Pan, the thing that makes Peter Pan Peter Pan, the thing that people connect with that makes it special, that makes it magical, that makes it timeless. That's the thing. Does this movie have that? That's the question. There's no not asking that question. There's no saying, well, you you know, you can just say, oh, this is how they do. No, no, this is an adaptation. This means they took a source material of some kind. In this case, they took the 1953 movie, which is based on the, I think, 1911 published work, which is based on a story that was started in 1902, if I got my date, if I have my dates right. So there is no not comparing it. These are not original characters. The director and writers didn't come up with this on their own. They took this from somewhere else and decided they wanted to do their own thing. So comparison is inevitable. There's no getting around it. So I'm just going to talk and we're going to see what happens. So were there, was there anything about this that I did like? Um, I like the hideout. The Lost Boys hideout was kind of an old house or an old castle looking thing that they had to enter in from the bottom. I thought that was kind of cool, but I thought it was a little too big. Uh, again, I, I have the 1953 animated film, the Hook movie from I think it's like 1990 or 1991. And then uh, the 2003 movie. I thought the hideout was a little too big, but I thought in terms of structure, production design, And cinematography, that was probably the coolest part. That's the part that I did enjoy the most. Another thing I enjoyed were the sea shanties that the pirates were singing when they were trying to push Wendy off the plank. Um, I think if anyone remembers that trend from about 2020-ish on TikTok, when everyone was obsessed with sea shanties, the Wellermen, if you remember, I think you might enjoy that part. To me, that was the coolest part. Um, I'm going to have to look and see if those are on a soundtrack somewhere. Because that was, the, that was awesome. There was something very rhythmic and beautiful and full and, and lively about that part. That, to me, was the best cinematic moment of the whole movie. Were, were the moments when they were trying to get Wendy to walk off the plank and the pirates are singing. I don't. It, it was so cool. And then it kind of fell flat after that. But that was a bit 
of what I did like. I did like Jude Law's performance. I did not like his version of Hook. I didn't like the way he portrayed Hook, but I loved his performance. It's like, how can you like both? I don't know. I don't know. I love the way he played the part. I just didn't like the part he played. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Um, I think Jude Law is the only person in the whole thing that took this to the next level. But that's pretty much what I liked about it. There was a lot I didn't like, and we're just going to have to narrow this down or else we'd be here all day. And y'all have lives to live, definitely. So starting with the acting, since that was the last thing we mentioned, the acting was probably some of the worst. It was just not good. This is what happens when you make DEI your priority when you're casting. I said what I said. I'm not saying that these actors were bad because they were of color. I'm saying that finding actors of quality went by the wayside because the priority was finding actors of color. Alexander Maloney, who plays our Peter Pan, I think he is a good actor, If, but I don't think this was a good performance. I don't know how to make that make sense. The potential in him is very clear. It's there. This was just not the role for him. I think he was too old. He was too mature. And on top of that, his Peter Pan was probably one of the worst. Again, he was too old and too mature, too evolved, too empathetic. All of the things that Peter Pan is not supposed to be showing or experiencing because he is a boy who decided he did not want to transition into manhood. Why is Peter Pan apologizing? Why is Peter Pan showing empathy? You know, why is Peter Pan, you know, introspective and reflecting on his loneliness? Like, why? That's not that that is not the uh, those those are not the the signs of a young man who is not coming into manhood. This is very much a boy to man character arc that we're seeing here. He was way too mature for the role, but I also thought his performance was he was very boring and very flat. The mischievousness of Peter Pan was just not there. He was just very serious. And the way he delivered some iconic lines, like to die will be an awfully big adventure. There was a moment where that, that's probably one of the best lines from the 2003 film. The way. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That line is delivered was epic. And there's a moment where we see the same line in a bit of the same scenario and Hook and Pan say it at the same time. But Hook manages to deliver the line so much better than Peter does. God bless Jude Law's heart because he he ran circles around everyone in this movie. It everyone it was just a mismatch of casting that they really should have found young kids who could keep up. I don't think they were able to. He he just he did what he does. Jude Law is a great actor, and he took this thing to the next level. I'm fixing the sneeze. Hold on. There, I sneeze. Nope, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to re-record. Don't even ask me to edit this part out. I don't know how. I haven't quite figured how figured out how that works on this software. So we're just going to keep it pushing. So yeah, I think he kind of ran circles around the rest of the actors in this movie. And I don't want to hear, oh, well, they're so young. No, Dakota Fanning was giving Denzel Washington a run for his money in Man on Fire. Like, I don't want I don't want to hear it. Like, this, that same girl is one of the youngest to be nominated for a Screen Actors Guild Award, if not the youngest, when she worked with Sean Penn and Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, there there are quality child actors out there. The movie that I watched this past weekend, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Clearly, there are actors and actresses out there who can produce great work, can produce great performances. I don't think the kids in this movie did that, but I don't think it's entirely their fault. I think it's a direction problem. Again, this director was so focused on making sure that he didn't make any of the mistakes that were made, quote unquote, from the original movie. A lot of those having to do with any perceived misogyny on, you know, that he perceived um, the racism regarding the uh, Native Americans in this movie or natives, I should say, I wouldn't say Native Americans, but natives in this movie. Um, things like that. You know, he was so focused on making sure that none of that was there, that everything else kind of went by the wayside, including the acting. He was he did not lead these actors well. So Alexander Maloney, who is our Peter Pan, which is very flat, very boring and too serious, too mature. He was too old for this role. They really should have gotten someone younger or found someone very much like Jeremy Sumter, who is older and tall enough. Um, that fun thing about Jeremy Sumter is they kept having to redo certain harnesses in his costume because he went through a growth spurt during filming. That's neither here nor there. I can't believe I remembered that. I haven't looked that up in a long time. But he was very young in the role. Very, you know, he still had something very boyish and young about his face, the sound of his voice. You know, I could buy him being Peter Pan, not this dude. He was just a little too mature. Uh, our Wendy, I think, was she was okay. She's beautiful. That's about it. And she, again, it's just a very kind of flat, boring, very simple performance. Honestly, she's very much the star of the show, which is not unusual when talking about Peter Pan because the story begins and ends with Wendy. And it's all about this adventure that she's having with this boy she thought she made up in a story who turns out to be very real. And that's also something that's kind of missing um, is the 
the the the quality of Wendy as a storyteller is just kind of gone. We don't get that. And that's what's missing. And it's kind of sad. And that's one of the reasons why she ends up going to Neverland because of the way she tells stories. Peter Pan stops by their house and he listens to her tell stories. That's why he wants to bring her in. But this Peter Pan decides he wants to bring her to Neverland because he heard her say the magic words that she didn't want to grow up. You know, it's, it's, it's gone. There's no chemistry. There's no tension. There's no, there's nothing between this Peter and this Wendy. There's just nothing there. Not even like a friendly, you know, chemistry. It's just not there. And that's one of the things that was very controversial about the original book is the perceived sexual tension between Peter Pan and Wendy. Now there are a couple of movies that tap into a potential romance. The 2003 film, I think does a very good job of tapping into that tension without taking it to an inappropriate, inappropriate level. This movie completely just dismisses that entirely. I think the director's intention was to just not have any kind of romance involved, but there was still a lack of chemistry between Wendy and Peter. It just wasn't there. Peter was more of a prop than a character in this movie. Like he was kind of pointed. Honestly, they could have, what was the point of him, be, him even being there? Wendy could have found a way to Neverland, had an adventure with Captain Hook and all that jazz, saved her brothers and got back with the flying ship and whatever. You know, I, I mean, this, there was no point to Peter. He was kind of pointless. He was such a weak, flat character. I just wasn't, I wasn't into it. And it's sad because he's the character I think that everyone really relates to. There's something about him not wanting to grow up, not wanting to deal with adult responsibilities. And yet the consequences of not taking those risks, he'll never know what it's like to love. He keeps losing his memories. He doesn't really understand the joys of the future and he can't really remember the past. The impulse the impulsive decisions, the lack of empathy, the things that make adult emotions, adult emotions, Peter Pan will never have that. And that's his tragedy. Honestly, that's one of the things that made me cry when I read the book. Yeah, I'm a sap like that. So that that was an issue for me. And then you had Yara Shahidi, who is our Tinkerbell, who was just boring and pointless. There was no point to her being there at all. They honestly could have done without Tinkerbell. I understand people were, you know, clapping like seals and so happy we have a black Tinkerbell. But honestly, y'all should want better. For those of you who were so happy about a black Tinkerbell, stop it. Stop it. Stop, you know, jumping for joy over crumbs and then turning your nose up at a full meal. That's why we keep getting these where they're just putting black faces on white bodies, where they're just, you know, throwing black bodies in white spaces and calling it diversity, where they're just, you know, chucking black people in white stories and they have no real reason, no rhyme, no purpose, no character arc, no real personality within the film. They're just there to say, hey, look how diverse we are. That's all. That's it. That's what she was there for. There was no point to her character. She was the most boring, flat, pointless Tinkerbell I've ever seen. Everything we know about Tinkerbell is not here. And that was also on purpose. He didn't want Tinkerbell to be, you know, the you know what we know her all to be kind of crazy, homicidal, maniac, possessive, uh, very jealous of Wendy because of the bond that she's noticing between Peter and Wendy. And honestly, there's no point in her being like that because there's no chemistry between Peter and Wendy and there's no chemistry between Tinkerbell and Peter. There's no relationship there. There's nothing about them two that would have me believe that they have been together for a very long time. They've known each other for a very long time. Peter doesn't even understand 
Tinkerbell. So, you know, Tinkerbell doesn't really speak. She just kind of bells and whistles and, you know, sparkles. And that's how she speaks. And Peter can understand her. Peter has always understood her. But now we know that in this movie, excuse me, in this movie anyway, Peter doesn't understand Tinkerbell. He just pretends to understand Tinkerbell. But it's okay because at the end of the movie, Wendy understands Tinkerbell. Here's the thing about the DEI because everyone was going on and on about how diverse the, the diverse the cast is. You know, we have a South Asian Peter Pan. We have a black Tinkerbell. What difference does it make when at the end of the movie, the white girl still saves the freaking day? What difference does it make? What did you gain from that? Woohoo! You have a black woman in the movie and she's a dud. She was pointless. She deserved better than that. All your daughters who are hoping for an amazing black Tinkerbell? Yay, they get a pretty costume for Halloween. Like, there's nothing for them to look up to here. There's nothing about this performance that's memorable. This isn't a movie they're going to want to sit and watch in their dorm rooms when they've been stressed out all day. There's nothing about this that's going to last beyond two years. There's no longevity here. There's nothing here that makes this thing timeless. The magic is gone. That's probably the biggest issue I have with this movie. The magic is just not there. The Disney magic that makes movies timeless is just not there. It's empty. It's void. There's almost a gaping hallowed hole in this movie where beauty should be. And it's just not. I mean, the movie itself is just boring to look at. It's just dry, lackluster, no color, nothing that pops. I mean, think about Narnia, for instance, the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. When we uh, are in regular countryside England, you have a lot of earth tones, some blues, greens, and browns, very dull looking, very boring. But then when we step into Narnia, it's white and it's lush and it's bright. There's a color difference. There's something about that shift that lets us know we're in a completely different place. That's not here that there there's nothing that tells us that hey we've left england and now we're in a completely different dimension it's almost like they went to a vacation on the other side of the island like there's nothing about neverland that sets it apart from the rest of the world i mean look at neverland from 2003 look at neverland from hook look at the way steven spielberg and pj hogan designed those worlds how full they were it's not there there are no mermaids in this movie there are no natives because all we have is tiger lily and the whole purpose of tiger there's no point in having freaking tiger lily well, who, what is she there for she's she's so pointless she's so pointless there's no point to her in this movie at all she's given a crappy little role of saving peter's life which is kind of a reverse on what we've seen before because it was always peter who rescued her it was Peter who rescued her from the pirates, but that's not here. Peter basically dies and then, you know, Tiger Lily brings him back to life. But she's really just kind of a pointless character. There's no personality. She's just there to be present. She's just another brown face amongst a sea of diversity to say, look, guys, we're diverse. She's pointless. Which is sad because Tiger Lily is amazing. We all love Tiger Lily. Even the little brief moments we get of her in the other movies, there's something extra about Tiger Lily that's special. She's sassy. She's fierce. She has a presence. She's just flat and kind of boring here. I think she's just here to make some people feel like, look it, I can see me. But that's it. All you have is a picture. You can get the same feeling, you know, looking at a picture in a museum and still get more emotion. 
She's just kind of pointless. She's just there to be there. You have the the lost kids because the lost boys are gone. And this is kind of part of the issue with the story when I, you know, you're taking a story from the roots because that's what's missing here is the roots of Peter Pan. They just kind of yank the whole tree and try to plant a new seed and foil where and soil where where it doesn't grow. The whole lost boys thing. There's a reason why it's only boys, not because Jay and Barry hated girls, but he makes it a point that Peter Pan only could take or lure or kidnap boys from their homes because girls were too clever. They were too smart. And one of the reasons why they take Wendy is because they're missing that kind of feminine nature, that nurturing feminine energy. They don't quite understand it. They don't know why they miss their mother, but they don't realize they miss their mother because they've been in Neverland so long. They've forgotten their mother, but they know there's something in the back of their head, that concept that somebody is supposed to take care of them. Someone's supposed to love them when they're sick. Someone's supposed to hold them when they cry. Someone's supposed to read them bedtime stories. They understand that something about that is a mother. So they get Wendy. What do you need a Wendy for when you've got a whole bunch of females that can give you just that there's no point to wendy being in neverland other than to you know be besties with you know peter pan and fulfill whatever psychopathic desire he has to kidnap people and stop them from growing up peter pan is the bad guy in this movie by the way oddly enough we're supposed to empathize with captain hook Captain Hook and Peter Pan were besties once upon a time when they were kids, but Captain Hook, James Hook, missed his mommy, and Peter didn't like that. So he banished Captain Hook, James, from Neverland, and so James went off to search for his mommy, couldn't find her, got adopted by pirates, went back to Neverland, and decided he wanted to fight Peter for eternity. So we're supposed to empathize with Captain Hook and be a little angry with Peter. And then Peter apologized to him like, I'm sorry for the way I treated you. I'm sorry for what I did. Why is this young man who's supposed to not be growing up doing adult emotional things, doing mature emotional things like apologizing? What? This this movie was just lacking in so many different ways. As a movie, just by itself, it was just very lackluster. It was dry. It was boring. And as a Peter Pan adaptation, it's a complete disappointment. Like, th- there's nothing about Neverland that separates it for the re- from the rest of the world. And I think that's one of the things that bothered me the most. Because, you know, Neverland is its own place. You have the Mermaid Lagoon. You have where the Lost Boys live. You have the Pirates are. You have where the Natives are. There's nothing about Neverland that makes it, it makes it its own place. It's not like Wonderland where you have where the White Queen lives and the Red Queen lives. You have the forest where the Cheshire Cat is. There's nothing like that here. There's nothing like that here. It's just pretty green grass. That's it. That's Neverland. It's, it's very boring. There's no real effort to make it special, to make it bright, to make it lively, to make it some place that I would want to go. That's the whole part of fantasy is to kind of bring you in and make it someplace you would want to go. It's what, where was this film? Scotland? Cause that's kind of what it looks like. Scotland or New Zealand. Everybody wants to go there. You didn't have to give us a movie to do that. What the heck? So yeah, this movie was just, it was just lackluster. It was bare. It was boring. It took DEI to a whole nother level. And honestly, it was insulting and embarrassing. 
So if you're one of those people who's clapping for joy, like, look at y'all, we're represented. This is not the representation you're looking for. I promise. Want to advertise on this podcast? Check the episode description to see how you can be featured on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to me rant about another movie. So that was Peter Pan and Wendy, which you can watch currently on Disney Plus. So final thoughts. I just thought it was a very dry, boring take on Peter Pan that lacked the magic that makes it amazing and timeless. Your kid will probably enjoy it, but I don't think this is a movie they're going to be itching to watch in like five years. This isn't one of those movies where it charms us as children and then, you know, teaches us something as we get older. It's not, it's not something like that where there's something for each moment of our lives, for each season of our lives. It, it, this isn't it. This isn't those things. And I think that's the problem with Disney is they're not able to create the something timeless anymore they've forgotten how to do that they'll figure it out disney has been through this before where they've just you know been out of sorts and then they figure it out they snap into it um you never know maybe the little mermaid will be that for them but i I don't have my hope my hopes are kind of dashed at this point if this is how disney is pushing live action remakes i have no hope for the little mermaid absolutely no hope um it'll probably end up getting rave reviews i mean that's just how things work nowadays is everything is getting positive reviews unless critics feel safe enough to say the truth that that's pretty much it so what's coming up i know guardians of the galaxy comes out this week now unless i catch up on something marvel related i'm probably not going to see it um i am going to see a movie called love again celine dion is in it there are other people in it whom i do not even know but it looks like a cute little rom-com and celine dion is in it and i love her and who doesn't love celine dion so yeah i'm gonna go see it and i have no idea what's gonna happen after that none looking at the movies that are coming out this month it's just boring it's boring up until the little mermaid comes out may is just gonna be a very interesting month i don't know what i'm going to do but we will figure something out Um, There are a lot of movies I need to catch up on. I do want to see Renfield. I want to see big George Foreman. And um, that's pretty much what I need to catch up on. Uh, So so we'll see. We'll see what the week has in store for us, for me. Um, Maybe I just need to look at another theater. There are three AMCs in my area, and I'm pretty loyal to one. I have a backup one just in case a movie that I want to see isn't coming out at my main one. Yeah, I'm weird. I'm weird like that. I'm loyal to a fault. It's a problem. Um, Branching out and trying new things has always been a bit of a struggle, but hey, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We live and we learn, right? So yeah, that's what May is looking like. Keep your fingers crossed and pray because I have no idea after this week what's happening. Fast X at some point comes out, but I have not seen anything after Fast and Furious 1. I haven't. Um, no, it's it's not my thing. It's not my cup of tea. It's not my forte um, for people who love stuff like that. I'd love it for you. But it's just, it doesn't do anything for me. It's not, you know, my go-to kind of movie. And also, Paul Walker, I, I'm not interested in seeing a movie where he's not in it. And it's, you know, and he started the thing. Like, I'm just not interested. I'm, I'm still a little hurt by that one, that death. That, that thing still hurts my soul a little bit. But... We'll see. Honestly, I'm trying to get through the month of May so June can be spectacular because June movies are going to be very, very fun, I think. That's just my opinion. But, you know, that's where we're at right now. Thank you so much for listening. If you've watched Peter Pan and Wendy on Disney Plus, let me know what your thoughts are. I want to hear from you. 
If you loved it, please tell me why. Explain to me why you loved it. I don't, I'm not interested in arguing with you or fighting with you or telling you why I think you're wrong. I want to genuinely hear what you got out of it. Honest to God, truthfully, Scout's Honor. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me what was it about it that did it for you? Because I, I really want to hear what you have to say because I did not like it at all. And so if you love this movie, tell me. Find me on YouTube. Instagram comment section let me know your thoughts definitely want to hear from you and that's about it that's it for right now be on the lookout for a review Friday for love again and yeah love y'all so much thank you for listening and have an amazing 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 day Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.